Hey everybody, welcome to Life Awakening. Let's talk about it. As always, I'm your host, Coach Kelly Tammy, out here from beautiful, rainy San Diego, California today. I am a little bit late with today's or this week's podcast. I was in Atlanta last week for a speaking gig for Purses of Hope. What a phenomenal event that was. I am just so freaking excited and I'm honored to have been able to be their keynote speaker. And so if you hear some background noise right now, I am actually stuck in traffic that is pretty much at a standstill on 15 North heading back home after um, checking out some uh, a new brand of hearing aids that I'm, I'm working on getting. And that's another story. We'll get to that in a minute. But anyway, I... Um, I flew out to Atlanta for this amazing event. It was a fashion show, and it was done at a school in McDonough, Georgia. And it was a, uh, I forget the name of the school, so I'll go back in and I'll, I'll add that to it. But the students were the models, which they were phenomenal. They had uh, one girl, it's a, it's a school of arts, basically is what it is. So everybody there is is doing performing arts of some kind and so it was um it was really amazing to see what they were doing and the students were out there so you know i and i've talked about the purses of hope for the last month telling you guys about what it is so it's bringing awareness to homelessness and homeless as deemed by the state of Georgia means you either have to be living on the streets or you have to be living in your car. It does not mean that you're crashing on somebody's couch because you don't have anywhere to live when technically that is homeless. Okay. It doesn't, they don't consider it to be homeless if, if you're staying at a friend's house while you look for something else and technically that's homeless. So, you know, just a part of my story is, you know, when I was 42 and I was a dancer and doing webcam shows and doing private parties and doing all that stuff and all the drugs and alcohol I was doing, I, I had lost that. I was in a three story townhouse in Southside. I had a nice car. I had a job and everything was great. Why well, I lost the job, I lost the house, I lost the car. I was living with my son, living uh, in a uh, in one of his, in his spare bedroom, and I was looking for another job. Well, I thought I was going to be able to get my car back, and I wasn't. And so now I don't have a car. I don't have a way to make money. So I start doing webcam shows in the middle of the night for nobody, so nobody knows what it is that I'm doing to give them money. I told them I was just playing games online and I was making money. So I I lied to my kids, and. I was doing that to make sure that they had money. They had a roof over their head. I had a roof over my head. We had food on the table. You know, I was putting a financial strain on them by being there. And so I wanted to, to do something to make money. And I also needed to make money in order to get another car. So I was going to have to pay cash for a car because now that repossession was going to go on my credit. All of that stuff. My That was like the beginning of my, my biggest downfall of having to stare down with a bottle of sleeping pills. Like my soul was homeless along with me technically being being homeless. I Nothing was mine. Nowhere that I lived was mine. I moved out of their house, moved in with my friend Laura. I lived with her for about six or eight months. And then, you know, that's when I started dancing in a strip club. And I was still doing, I was dancing at private parties. Was still doing the webcam shows in the middle of the night. And I hated my life. I hated who I was. I hated who I saw staring back at me in the mirror. And 
that was one of the things that I really wanted to bring home during this event is homeless doesn't necessarily mean you're living on the streets. Homeless sometimes mean like you, maybe you have a family member that you're staying with. That's still not your home. That's not something that you can call home. That's not, that's not yours. Okay. You're, you may or may not be paying rent there, but that's not your place. You, you have to abide by somebody else's rules, period. That's still considered homeless. If that's how, if, if that living in that situation makes you feel some type of way, you don't feel like you have any say so. You are playing by somebody else's rules. You don't have the freedom to do what it is that you want to do when you want to do it. That's, that is technically homeless. And so, like, I wanted to bring that to light during that. You know what I mean? Like, all of us at some point in time, when we're going through things, we feel like our soul is homeless. And that's, that's a very dark place to be in for some of us. And so, you know, I, I wanted to talk about that. I shared my story. I shared about the childhood sexual abuse, about the teenage rape, about how I got in the gym and I worked myself out of my darkness and how I got to where it is now. And when I got done speaking, I had a 35 minutes that I got to speak. And then the models came back out and they did one more one more pass and it was a really emotional thing where they wore masks and they were all in black and they had a sign that said one one of them walked down the the runway and he held a sign that said I am well all of the other girls were holding signs that are all the other models some of them were girl I think there was only one guy yeah I think there was only one guy and all the rest of them were women so the guy held a sign that said, I am, and all the women would walk by and they held signs that says, I am strong, I am powerful, I am resilient, I am a parent, I am enough, I am loved. All of these I am statements. And at the end, when they all got back to their starting place, this beautiful song was playing, and then you know, they had three rows of, of girls and he's still standing there holding a sign that says, I am. Well, the first row held up their signs. You could read all what they said. The second row held up their signs above those. And then the third row held, held up there. So it looks like stair steps uh, or stadium seating, so to speak. And then he turned his sign over and it says, I am you. To show that we are all the same, that we are all one. And it was just really powerful how they did that. And so when that was done, I went back to my table, I had my books out and this one gentleman came up and like at the end of my, at the end of my talk, I did two mirror exercises and one of the exercises was I forgive you. And so I had everybody turn their phone on selfie so they could look themselves in the eye and it started with, you know, saying your name. And so I said, my name, my name is Tammy. Um, I didn't say my name. I was like, okay, Tammy, I forgive you. I forgive you for all of the stupid mistakes that you made that led you down paths that almost cost you your life. Now, every sentence, I'm having them say it out loud so that I can hear them. So they're talking to themselves. This isn't something you're doing in your head. You have to say these words out loud and you're looking yourself in the eye. And so I, I went through the whole little paragraph part of it. And then I was like, now take a deep breath in and let it out. You know what I mean? Just breathe. How does it feel to look yourself in the eye and say, I forgive you? How does it feel to look yourself in the eye and say, I love you? 
how does it look how does it feel to look yourself in the eye and say I'm proud of you like you've made it this far and you're gonna be okay and so that was like super super powerful and then the second mirror exercise that we did was I'm responsible for me you're still doing the mirror exercise you're looking at it you're looking in your phone you're got it on selfie you're looking yourself in the eye and you say I'm responsible for me I you say your name like Tammy I am responsible for me I am responsible for my past I am responsible for my present I am responsible for my future you know today is the first day of me taking my power back today is the first day that I am going at the first step in me changing my life and you know and I and I don't remember all the other words verbatim but like that's that's what it was about and so this this one gentleman come up his name was uh, Jakara he came up and he hugged my neck he was full of tears he was like I couldn't even get through the first sentence he was like you made me realize that as much work as I thought I had done for me I've still got a lot of healing to do and this brought this to light thank you for sharing your story thank you for being so open and honest thank you for for being strong and and sharing your message because we all need to hear this and so it was super super powerful to hear that from him you know and then he bought a book and I autographed it for him and uh, then another girl come up and she was like Miss Tammy she was like she hugged my neck super super tight she was like you know those those words that you made us said the mirror exercises is there a way that I can get a copy of those and I was like absolutely I was like I'll shrink it here on my phone you can take a picture of it and I was like what's going on and she was like well I just got out of a physically abusive relationship and when I said those it brought tears and I realized that I'm not strong enough to stand on my own two yet like I need I need to remind myself that I got this and that it's okay and that I'm human and everything's gonna be okay and I want to say this to myself every day and so that was to me like I like I was full on like in the moment and it was powerful and I told her and I was like you know that's what I have my clients do when they're when they're going through something they have to do both of these exercises and it's usually the first two exercises we do when they start coaching with me and it was you know I, I told her I was like I want you to say these every morning when you get up and every evening when you go to bed and wake up we've got fighter jets doing a pass sorry every morning when you wake up every morning when you go to bed I want you to say both of these that I forgive you and that I'm responsible for me every day for the next seven days and through those next seven days at the end of those if you don't feel like you're strong enough like your foundation isn't solid enough then you say it for another seven days and at the end of that seven days you should be able to do these without being super emotional you should be able to do these without crying and if you're not do it for another seven days you do it until it feels good to say it and you can say both of these with strength you can look yourself in the eye and say I forgive you and I love you and I'm proud of you and you feel good about saying it I want you so strong and both of these mirror exercises that nobody can ever rock you off your foundation again that's when you stop saying it, and you keep them so in case life comes because life is gonna happen 
Keep them with you so when life comes, you can say it again and you can get super solid in that foundation. And then I had another little boy. He was autistic. I say little boy. He's like over six foot tall and he had to bend down to give me a hug. It was so funny. So uh, Yamika, she was the one that set up the whole Purses of Hope thing. And the I'm so struggling with words today. So I, I just got new hearing aids and I, I feel like I'm lisping and everything's echoing and it's just weird. So um, if I sound weird, that's why. Um, and I'm saying um all the time, which is stupid. I never do that anymore. But anyway, this she he went and found her, where's the motivational speaker? Where's Miss Tammy? And she was like, oh, she's over there by her books. And so she, he came over there and he he bent down and he gave me this big hug. And he was like, Miss Tammy, Miss Tammy, I feel, I feel lost. I feel, I feel, I feel. And he kept saying he couldn't get the words. And I was like, it's okay, just breathe. He was like, I feel trapped. I feel like I'm in a prison. I was like, baby, there's no bars around you. You're not, you're not trapped. You're not in a prison. You are free. And he was like, my autistic, my autistic, it keeps me in a prison. It keeps me in a box. And I was like, no, don't let anybody tell you that you're in a box. And don't let anybody tell you that you can't do something because you're autistic. And I was like, you have awesome autism. I was like, do you know what that means? That means that you are special. Do you know how smart you are? Every person that I've ever met that has had some form of autism is super, super smart, super brilliant. It was like, you have a gift. You have some kind of superpower gift that you need to share with the world. You just have to take the time to figure out what that is. And you can do anything that you set your mind to. And don't you let anybody tell you any different. And he gave me like this great big bear hug. And he said, thank you. And he went running off. <laughs> and so it was just really amazing to hear that. And then, you know, person after person after person, they're coming up and they're giving me these great big hugs. And thank you for sharing my story. I want to get one of your books. How much is it? And, you know, will you autograph it for me? And they're sharing stories with them. Two ladies had just come back off of a cruise and there was a motivation speaker uh, at one of their shows and that was one of the things that I said they had said too it says hurt people hurt people you know and you have to step outside yourself sometimes and it's like okay why are they coming at me like this like they what must have they experienced in order to spew this kind of hurt on other people and so it was just really an amazing thing to have some validation from other ones like, oh, like you were phenomenal. You did this. I so enjoyed your story. Thank you so much for sharing it. You're so strong. I just want to hug your neck. Like all of these beautiful things. And, you know, after the, after the event was over with, we went over to Mika's house. She had cooked dinner for everybody and she wanted to, you know, thank us for participating and thank us for helping in the show and, and bring awareness to homelessness and so on and so forth. And we were doing some little masterminding about, you know, what we want to see in 2020 and this, that, and the other. And so Jakara came over and he was like, I just want to let you know, I went to go get gas and I was sitting there and I was reading your book. I'm already on chapter four. Like how amazing, how humbling is it for him to come up and just tell me like, hey, I'm reading your book like this, like I'm on chapter four. This is amazing. This is good. And I was on the phone with my daughter and she was asking me how the event went. And I was like, well, here's somebody that was at the event. I like, I, it felt great to me. I felt totally at home being on stage and, and sharing my story and doing all of that. And 
Um, I was like, but he's on the receiving end, so I'm going to let him tell you. And he was like, hey, Brittany, I've already been reading all about you in your mama's book. And, uh, like, I, I feel like I know you already. This is awesome. And your mom was amazing. And, she, you know, she made me cry. And, you know, she made me realize that I still got some healing to do. And Brittany's like, yeah, she has that effect on people. <laughs> so it was just great. Like, so I'm not going to spend the whole podcast talking about my speaking event. But I do want you to know that it, you can donate to Purses of Hope at any given point in time. You can go to uh, their website at Purses of Hopes with an S dot com and you can donate there. You can also uh, go to GoFundMe and you can search Purses of Hope and it will pop right up. You can donate through there. You can also donate through Cash App at Purses of Hope. All of those things are available. You can also donate through PayPal at Purses of Hope. Uh, so all of those things and if you would like to send your you gently used burn bags or purses to them uh, just reach out to me and I and it might it, it might actually be on their website so look at look at purses of hopes.com there should be a place for you to uh, ship it to them if that is something that you would like to do or you can inbox me at TammyLoftus.com or you can uh, on Facebook or Instagram just uh, direct message me and I will share the address with you. I, I don't have it in front of me because I'm driving. Uh, you can, it, it's a P.O. box and you can ship your used bags and purses to them and they will fill it up with all kinds of personal items, personal hygiene items, words of encouragement and resources in order to help the women and children uh, find their new home get out of get off the streets and and get their life back together and it's a really beautiful beautiful thing so the ultimate goal is hopefully one day to either have a couple of chapters of my book or maybe have my whole book put in each one of those purses I would love to see them grow to that uh, to that level and be able to do that so I'm super excited to be a part of that but the in Atlanta and I don't know what the stats are here in San Diego that's something I need to look up but in Atlanta 40% of the homeless population is women and children and of that 40% 80 to 85% of them are children under the age of 10 which is heart-wrenching to me and it just it it breeds in ground for feeling not good enough and not feeling worthy and and feeling like you know you're not ever going to have the things it is that you want you feel like there's a shortage shortage consciousness and that you are not able to ever have enough or not have anything that is your own and so I want to break that cycle I want to break that chain and help them get a level up so um, before we dive into this awesome podcast that I wanted to talk to you guys about I was uh, I was watching an IGTV and I want to say his name is Dame, D-A-M-E, Dash. He was doing an interview with somebody. I can't remember who it was that was interviewing him. And he was talking about how he does visualization and how he does his, he calls it art, art engineering. Yeah, art, art engineering, I think is how, what he called it. But he talked about how he visualizes what it is that he wants. And he takes himself into the future about what that's going to look like. And while he's there, he looks at 
you know, what are some of the pitfalls that could happen? What's, what's the good, bad, and the indifferent? What, what should I look out for? And then as he's going through that whole process, he eliminates all of the things that could be pitfalls in his visualization. And architecture, not, not architecture like, like you're building a house, but he called it something, something like architecture. Art, art something. But anyway, um, and there was one thing that he said, which was super profound to me. He was like, it takes, and I've heard this before, I've seen it on memes, and I'm sure several of the gurus have said it, but it's very powerful, and this is how I feel, and this is how I feel, because I have some pretty audacious dreams. Like, my dreams are huge in comparison to how it used to look to me, okay? I, I used to not dream at all and now you know maybe my dream was like just go to Florida on a vacation because I was living in the southeast I didn't have dreams man I just was living day to day and I hope that I made it through it was um very difficult way to live life and it takes the same amount of energy to have small dreams as it does have big dreams and you know if you have what what happens if you aim at a small dream and you hit it versus you aim at a great big huge dream and you miss what if you aim at a great big huge dream and it changes your life whether you attain the actual the actual thing it was that you said you wanted or not like what somebody said if you if you aim at the boon and you miss at least you hit the stars and so that's kind of what I wanted to talk about but you know, he, he was like, I, I, I reverse engineer all of it. And I've taken my, I've taken my mind to a place in the future where I have already attained that goal. And by already attaining that goal, I've already seen what it looks like. And so now I, I, I know that it's possible. And he, and he went through this whole thing. And so I don't want to tell it all here because I want you guys to hear my sponsors. They're great. They're awesome. And then we'll be right back with today's episode. Welcome back to today's podcast, Go Big or Go Home. And I, I, I want to talk about dreams. I want to talk about your visualization. I want to talk about knowing what it is that you want and not being afraid to go after it. So like I said, right before the break, Dame Dash, I want to say that's his name, was doing an interview and he talked about how he visualizes exactly what he wants in his dream like he's physically taking himself out into the future where he's already attained that dream or that goal he looks at all of the people that helped him get there all of the all of the things that had to happen and he reverse engineered. He even looks at what could possibly go wrong in the process. And while he, and, and so this is the cool part. I haven't heard anybody say it like he, like he does that. Normally what I hear the gurus or people say is, yeah, just visually visualize yourself in that place, that time in that space in the future. What does it feel like? What does it look like? How do you feel? What's going on? Go through your entire day, which he did that too. Don't get me wrong. He does do that. He does do that as well. But the one thing that he, he said differently than I've heard anybody else say it is that he goes through it 
and he goes backwards from there and looks at what some of the pitfalls or the things that could have gone wrong or maybe did go wrong that he had to overcome in order to make that happen. And that's the one thing that I don't hear other people talking about, which is huge. Okay, so like it's no secret that I meditate regularly. It's no secret that I am very spirit driven. I am very grounded. I'm very connected to my higher power. I do all of these things. And I truly believe that my faith and my practices has, is what has made me the person that I am today what has also helped me accomplish so much in the short period of time that I have been in California alone, okay? Like, think about it. I came to California January 4th of 2018 was my very first night that I spent in California. I pulled into Escondido, California and I at 9.15 p.m., and I spent the night for the very first time in California that day. Since then, I built a really successful personal training career at 24 Hour Fitness while I was there. I wrote, rewrote my whole book from beginning to end. I had started it a couple of times and had written in it, but I went, once I found the roommates that I currently live with now, we've been living together for almost a year and a half, once I found them, it took me less than 90 days to rewrite my entire book. Because, and the reason I say rewrite is because I went back and I rewrote what I had already written. Because, you know, as I've said several times, I started writing in 2013. And when I was writing then, I was still too hurt to write. Like I would get to the hard parts and I would get to the emotional parts and I would, I would break down and I would start crying and I would have a hard time and I, I didn't know if I could even write it at that point in time. So I put it down and I didn't, I, I, I was like, I just need to take a break. It's too soon. I need more healing. Like I'm, I'm not done making me who I need to be in order to do this. Cool. So then I lost my mom shortly after that. And it, that was really not the time to start writing. And then I, ha I, was, I had a successful blog at the time. And I had uh, a blog partner that was writing with me uh, because I had a very busy and very successful personal training business then. And so writing daily or even weekly was challenging sometimes. So he was filling in the gaps for me, especially when mom died. He took care of he took care of that for me. Like he was writing every week and sometimes twice a week and posting for me. And it was great. And Roger speed, he was awesome. And I loved him. And he had a freak accident where he was going outside on his porch and he fell and he, he hit his head and he, he died like right on the spot there. That was it. He didn't make it. And so that was really difficult for me losing my mom and then losing him and you know we had become really close he was just a really good person and you know his daughter called me and she talked about how his dad her dad really loved me and that he you know I I opened up something in him to help him be more free after losing his wife that he was married to for over 30 something years to cancer and you know he got mad at God for taking his wife and all this kind of stuff so I, I helped him heal and helped him move forward and got him into writing again and 
you know, he'd been a pastor for a while and he was looking at, you know, going back to preaching and all of this stuff. And he was just, he was just genuinely good people. And, you know, sometimes you meet those people and they're just good people. They, they don't have a bad bone in their body. He was one of those people. And he was just genuine from the heart, do anything to help anyone. And so his daughter called me and I went to the funeral and it was great. And, you know, I got to meet everybody and there were so many people that he told about me and it was just so heartwarming and it, it, it just let me know that, you know, what I'm doing is the right thing and helping people was my path. And I, so I, I, I really did not have a heart to write at that time because now I had lost my mom and I'd lost my blog partner and I was like wondering like am I really supposed to be writing at all like why why is this happening I was questioning a lot of things and it was it was challenging to say the least and so I um after that I just put it down I was like it's, it's just too soon and I was living in Atlanta then already and in 2016 after I shared my whole entire story in that public speaking event my very first public speaking event I started writing again and I realized that I was too I had moved from hurt to anger and you know anger feels better than sadness and depression but all of the words that I was spewing out on paper was anger, hurt, and hate. And I didn't want that to be what my book about my book was about. I, I didn't want anybody to think that I hated my mom because I didn't. I hated the things that she did and I hated that she had an addiction that she couldn't beat. But that's not, it's not my place to judge her on the, you know, she didn't have a belief structure. She didn't have, she didn't have a Tammy in her life, in her dark moments, that could say, Mom, you can do this. She wanted, and I'm her daughter, she's not gonna listen to me anyway. You know, and, and I say she's not gonna listen to me or that she didn't, but as I was getting out of my darkness and, and getting into a more positive way of life and thinking different and doing things different, I, I know that I inspired her to try and do more because she asked me to help her find a church and that warmed my heart and I was glad that she was looking and you know so it, it made me feel good that I was able to do those things for her at that time but I when I was writing my book I was still really angry that I never got any answers from her before she passed away. Like, I, I never got an apology from her for the things that she had done to me and allowed to have done to me. And so, like I, I, like I said, I moved from hurt to anger. And I, like I said, I didn't want that spewing out of my book, so I put it down. And so when I got to Cali, 90 days, I, like, I rewrote all of that. You know, I, I took the basics that I had already written down because it's still my story, but I was able to articulate it in a way that it came across as inspiration and motivation for somebody else to let them know that they're not alone and that they can change their life at any given point in time. They just have to make the decision and, and say, like, this isn't okay and I want something different and then take a step. And so that's what I mean by I rewrote the whole book. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that me cultivating a relationship with my higher power, me learning to quiet 
my monkey mind. Me learning to be able to sit there in, in total silence and listen for the thoughts that my higher power gives me as direction and this is what I want you to do. Here is this idea. What about this? What about that? Go here. Do that. And I'm very into, that's, that's your intuition. That's your gut. That's your that's how all of that works. That's your higher power speaking to you, your inner being, your God source, whatever you want to call it. And so I, I'm very faith driven. I know that when I've been given a vision or I have been given a dream or I have been given a goal or, or a direction to go, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, come hell or high water, that that thing is going to happen. I think what makes me a little different is that I have, number one, learned the art of my meditation, learned the art of listening, learning the art of hearing, and and not only hearing and listening, but taking immediate action when I get it. Like, I know right then, okay, I need to do this. This was a direct message from my higher power he said do this and so that's what I do I, I do something immediately I take action immediately whether that's make a phone call whether that is look something up online whether that is get out and go drive whether that's go to a coffee shop sometimes it's something so freaking simple as go have coffee with so-and-so yeah, out of the blue somebody I hadn't talked to in two months hey let's go have coffee today and then it's so it's not a coincidence whatsoever that they were in my spirit or that they came to my mind or that I'm supposed to talk to them for whatever reason it is divine intervention they need you in their life today and you need to go talk to them because you need to help them do this out and a lot of times when I have those conversations with them they was like oh my god I wanted to call you today I really need to talk to you I need to talk to you about x y and z or sometimes I'll have those thought about somebody and they was like hey I need to introduce you to so-and-so I'm gonna bring them to coffee with me like that stuff happens all the time and it can happen to you too now to get back to what Dame Dash said about your visualization in or what his visualization, what he does and, and how he does it. Like he projects himself into the future. He sees himself getting to that end goal. He sees himself getting to that, to the fruition of the dream. And then he reverse engineers it in the visualization and looks at all of the pitfalls or all the things that could go wrong during that. And then he removes them. He sees himself overcoming those things sees himself overcoming those things, those obstacles in the visualization. And so that gives him a leg up because, and now like from dream to dream to dream, goal to goal to goal to goal, he never has a doubt that it's going to happen because he's already seen the outcome. Like he's put himself in that place and put himself in that place so real that there's no doubt in his mind that it's going to happen because he's experienced it. He's felt it. He's seen it. And then, you know, he's, then it comes to fruition because past experience when he's done it exactly like this, every single time that dream has become real, that dream has become a reality. And it's amazing to hear him say that because in my meditation, in my visualization, I see myself 
attaining the goal. I see myself standing on big stages with hundreds and thousands of people right there in front of me and I'm I'm on stage and like literally I'm, I'm going to tell you about a, a vision that I had during a meditation so before I ever did the rip the band-aid off workshop with Monique I had and I called her and we did a I want to say it was zoom or was it Facebook I might may have been a Facebook video chat but I like I literally was in a in a meditation and this was a meditation I wasn't visualizing in, okay? I wasn't focusing on public speaking. I wasn't focusing on anything. I, I was just in sitting in the silence and, and waiting for a word. And, but before I went into my meditation, the one thing that I do very often is I set my intention. My intention is I want to know what my next step is or what it is that I need to do in order to be a world-renowned speaker, to be a public speaker that draws thousands of people to her to her events, uh, to be somebody that holds, you know, life-changing retreats, location retreats out of the country. Like, what does that look like? Show me, show me what that looks like in my future. That's generally something that my that my meditation looks like. What is what what is my show me what my future looks like with this what does my future look like with public speaking what does my future look like as a life coach what does my future look like with my retreats what does my future look like with my with my life partner all of those things i'll i'll get quiet but this particular day i was like show me what rip the band-aid off workshop looks like and I, I, I want to see myself speaking to these women women, and seeing the impact that I have on them while I'm speaking. That was my intention that day. And so I put in my, my ocean sounds and I'm listening just to the ocean sounds and I get my mind to be quiet and I get to this point where I, I hit the float, okay? And if you have not done meditation before meditation is where you silence your mind and you get to a place if you listen to Abraham Hicks she says where you don't know your nose from your toes so that means that you feel like weightlessness you if you listen to um oh what the hell is his name there's another person that I listen to all the time uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza he was like you when you meditate and you do it properly you become no one, no thing. Like you, you become a part of the nothingness that is God's source, higher power. Like, you know, before there was a planet, he was like, let there be light. Let there, let there be earth. Let there be land. Let there be water. He spoke all of these things into existence. Okay. Listen to that. In, in Genesis, before there was before there was an earth, there was nothing. No one, nothing. He said, let there be a planet. Let there be water. Let there be land. Let there be animals. Let there be light. Let there be darkness. 
That's, you know what I mean? He spoke everything into existence. So if you think the law of attraction is not real and speaking things into existence, God himself spoke things into existence. It tells you right there in the Bible, you can speak things into existence. It's all right there. It's all right there. You can speak in it. So your words, your thoughts have power. You can speak things into existence, whether good or positive. It takes the same amount of energy to speak something positive into your life as it does to speak something negative into your life. You get to choose. Some people say it's hard being positive all the time. Well, it's hard being negative all the time. Choose your heart. It's not rocket science. For real, because I'm telling you, when I was in when I was in the darkest part of my life, being negative all the time, being angry all the time, being a bitch all the time, because that's really what I was. Like I was hateful and mean just for the sake of being fucking hateful and mean. Because I felt so bad and I was angry. If I can make somebody else feel bad and be angry along with me, misery loves company, then that made me feel better. Yay me. I was a dumbass. And I like for those of you that were a part of my life way back when, when I was just a bitch for the sake of being a bitch, I am so sorry that I made your life miserable, that I made you angry and miserable because I was angry and miserable. That is not fair to you. And I, I apologize from the bottom of my heart. You did not deserve that. Okay. You want to reach out to me? I, I would love to meet you, buy you coffee and hug your neck. Do you know what I mean? And tell you how sorry I am. And, and shed a little light into my life and shed a little light into your life, I hope. So, but Dame Dash, he basically said the same thing. He was like, and when he said this, like I wrote it down, wrote it down in my notes on my phone. Okay, so I'm pulling up my notes because I want to read exactly what I wrote. I, I, I wrote down, you can spend your energy thinking about small dreams and plans. Or you can spend your energy thinking about big, huge, audacious dreams and plans. The energy to, to focus on the small dreams and plans is the exact same that it would take you to focus on big dreams, huge dreams, audacious dreams. It takes the same amount of energy. Like, and... It's going to, like, does it feel good to, to think about a small dream? Like, think about this because all of this is, is based off how you feel. The better you feel, the more excited you get, the quicker you're going to draw something to you. The time that you spend focusing on a small dream or an average dream is the same amount of time that you, that you could be spending focusing on a big huge audacious dream okay you can you can make both of them happen you can make the small dream happen and and you can make the big dream happen so if you're gonna spend the same amount of time and energy focusing on a small dream and you hit it how much more awesome would it be if you spent the same amount of time and energy focusing on thinking about visualizing your big, huge, audacious dream and you hit it? How much more feel goods would you have? How much more would your life change? How much more could you give back? How many more people could you help if 
you focused on the big dream and hit it versus aiming at the small dream and hit it. Like for real, for real, for real. How much better would your life be? How much better would your family life be? How much better could you could your giving back to charities or events or whatever causes it is that you are a part of or would like to be a part of, how much better could that dream be to help all of those things? Like, I'm for real. Like, I don't want to have an okay dream. I don't, I don't, I remember what it was like not to dream at all. I'm not dreaming at all. Not setting goals at all almost cost me my life. I don't know about you, but I, I kind of like breathing. I kind of like going outside and feeling the sunshine on my face. I kind of like going to the beach. I kind of like playing with the dogs. I kind of like, like hanging out with friends. I kind of like going out on dates. I love doing this podcast. If I don't have any dreams and I don't have any goals. There's no reason whatsoever for me to do this this podcast. If I don't have any dreams or goals, there's no reason whatsoever for me to even have a freaking website up. Why would I spend the energy, the time, and the thought process to do these things if I didn't have them attached to a dream and a goal? How many more people... Am I able to affect? Am I able to help? Am I able to shine a little light into their life to be able to give them a helping hand by doing my podcast, by doing my YouTube, by doing my Facebook Lives, by doing workshops, by doing public speaking events, by writing more books? If I did not have dreams and goals, none of those things right now at all would be in existence. I would not have met the people that I met via my podcast if I did not wake up from a dream of me doing a live podcast and say, oh, well, I guess I'm supposed to be doing a podcast. Let me see how that works. And within 48 hours, this podcast was created. Literally. We just hit the one year anniversary of that on November 5th. And I'm being, that's when I launched it was on November 5th. November 2nd was when I woke up from the dream about doing a podcast. I called my friend Chip Baker, I called my other friend uh, Quint, uh, Quentin Moore, and they told me they both have podcasts, have successful podcasts. Okay, here are a couple of apps. This is what you do. It's free. Uh, Anchor is, Anchor.fm is great. They store it for free. Their processes are free. Now they're part of Spotify, so we have even more features and all of this other kind of stuff, so it's great. If I had not had that dream and I said, okay, this would not be happening. I would not be able to inspire and motivate you in the ways that I'm. Because most of you, I don't even know who you are. Like you're listening on iHeartRadio. Thank you. I love you. I, I, you're listening on Apple, Apple Podcasts. Thank you. I love you. You're listening on Google Podcasts. Thank you. I love you. Stitcher. All, all of the different things that you listen to me on, none of this would have happened if I did not have big audacious dreams and goals. If I had not taken the vision that I got in meditation to move to California on a hope and a dream and a plan, no plan, actually, I didn't have a plan. I didn't have, didn't have a car. I had a car. I didn't have a job. I didn't have anywhere to live and I didn't know anybody. And I found out I had a rear main seal leak in my car the day before I left. So 
if I had not followed my gut instinct and said go anyway, I honestly do not believe that any of these things would have happened. Do I think I would have wrote my book eventually? Absolutely. Would it have taken me longer? Yes. Because in the headspace that I was in in Atlanta, I had already known since about April that it was time for me to go. I had already been feeling this big move coming. I had already been seeing the signs. My clients even felt it. That's how strong my energy was around I wasn't, I didn't want to be there anymore. I knew that my purpose was not going to be in Atlanta. I knew Atlanta was not going to be my forever home. I knew that it was time for me to go. And so I went. If I had not followed that dream, if I had not followed that plan, if I had not listened to my to my higher self, God source, higher power, inner being, if I had not done all of those things, none of this would be possible right now. And that's just real. So if I'm not doing the things that set my soul on fire, that 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 make me enjoy life like literally doing that speaking gig this weekend like I stepped out with that microphone in my hand and it was freaking amazing like I was in the zone there was there was not an um anywhere in my speech nowhere it was it was amazing and the way that I impacted those people like I sold 10 books immediately after I gave my speech that's that's phenomenal like that lets me know how many more people that I can help when I am on stage. And it just validated all of the dreams that I've had to know that being on stage is my purpose. Having this podcast is part of my purpose because I can reach more people. People that I would never have the opportunity to talk to or reach if I did not have this podcast. And so what Dame Dash was saying is, you know, you can aim at the little dream. You know what? I just, I, I want to get a new car someday. Okay. What is someday? Really? What is someday? Next week, next month, next year, two years from now. And you just said a new car. What does a new car look like? For real. Like, what, what, what does a new car look like to you? Do you want a pickup truck? Do you want an SUV? Do you want a four-door? Do you want a sports car? What color is it? Do you want an Acura? Do you want a Honda? Do you want a Toyota? Do you want a BMW? Do you want a Mercedes? Do you want an Audi? What do you want? That's the problem. 99.9% .9 of the time is people say, I want this, but they have no clarification on what it is that they want. Oh, yeah, I'd like to have a new car. My car is getting old. You know, it's almost paid for. But, you know, I, I, I really want something new. Well, what does that something look like? Until you spend the time doing the research, looking up at it, what? Go drive it. Get your juices flowing about it. You have got to start dreaming. Go big or go home. Dream big or dream big. Dream big. Dream, 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 dream. This is going to take a minute. Dream, dream, dream really big. Really, 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 really big. Really big. Huge. Audacious. Awesome. Freaking dreams that get you excited every time you think about it. Like literally excited about it every time you think. You ain't got to figure out the how. You ain't got to know how it's going to happen. You don't even have to know when. Okay, I had no idea about my podcast. 
Now I'm pushing 9,000 9, downloads on my podcast. I, did, I, I had no idea that it was going to be this successful. I had no idea that I was going to be able to impact the number of people that I'm able to imp- impact. That's just nuts to me that I've been able to do that in a year. But I am so humble and I am so thankful and I am so grateful that I get to speak life into people with the things it is that I put on my podcast. It's amazing to me. Then you add the book. All of the five-star reviews that I get on the book and how I've changed people's lives by writing my book and being vulnerable and being open and transparent about my life and what it is that I went through and why and, and how I came out of it and why and what I hope to accomplish from this day forward. Like all of those things are important and I get to help more people by doing that and that's the goal. Like, I don't, I don't want anybody to ever experience the hurt and the pain that I experienced going through the dark places. I really don't. I want you to have all of the love that it is that you want in your life. I want you to be happy. I want you to make your dreams a reality. But in order to make them a reality, you first have to dream and you have to dream big. So what if you don't hit the big dream? Look at what you, who you became in the process of, att- of attempting the dream. Look at where you landed. You know what I mean? You may not have hit the dream yet. That doesn't mean that you're not going to get it. But what it also means is that you became this great new huge person and you are way further along thinking of, thinking about the big dream, dreaming the big dream than what you ever would have been if you had just stuck with a small dream. Oh, I just want a new car someday. Oh, I think I'm going to buy a new house someday. I really hadn't thought about where it's going to be. I don't even know how big it is. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to stay here in this town. I might just move up the street. For those of you that talk that garbage about moving up the street, why in the hell do you just want to move up the street? You've lived in that town and in that city your whole entire freaking life. Go outside. Go somewhere else. Experience a new culture. Experience a new city. Experience a new town. How do you know that there's not another city or another town that's better than the one you live in if you don't ever go anywhere? Like, freaking cut it out. Oh, we always go to vacation to Panama City. Freaking cut it out. There is more to life than Panama City. Oh, well, we always go to Gulf Shores. There's more to, there's more beaches on this planet than Gulf Shores, Alabama. And don't get me wrong. I have nothing against Gulf Shores or Panama City or anything in Florida. There's not, they're great. But there's more beaches than in Florida. In South Alabama. Just going to throw that out there for shits and giggles. Maybe you should check it out. Like, California's not everybody's cup of tea. It's so expensive to live there. You know what? It's expensive to live anywhere. If you want to look at it, like, expensive, expense is relative. Let me tell you something. You're going to have to spend money to live regardless. You are going to, like, it's just living. If you change your perspective on how you look at how you live, how you live will change. I'm going to say that again for the folks in the back. If you look at how you're living differently, how you're living will change. 
if you choose to look at your situation right now and say, you know what, this is just a bump in the road. This is a learning process. What can I learn about where I am right now? Okay, I learned that I don't like this job and I want a new job. What does that look like? Oh, I, I learned that I don't like the apartment owners for these particular apartment complexes because they suck. I want a new apartment. Do I even want to stay in this city? Maybe not. Maybe it's the city that sucks. Maybe I've just spent so much time being hurt in this particular place. Maybe I can't heal where I was broken at. Maybe I need to change a whole location. Maybe I need to change the state that I'm living in so that I can go somewhere else. I can start over and I can create a new me ever thought about that? That's what I did when I went to Atlanta because I only knew one person. When I left Atlanta and I came out to California, I got to create everything because I knew nobody. How about all of that? You get to create whatever the hell it is that you want. Nobody can tell you anything different anytime, anywhere. Period. If you allow somebody else to tell you that you can't have this or you can't have that or you can't do this or you can't do that, that is totally on you. That's on you. You are in charge of your life. You are in charge of where you go or not. You are in charge whether you change or not. You're in charge of whether you continue to live your average shitty life or not. And I'm not saying that your life is average or shitty, but I would venture to guess there's somebody that's hearing this and that's how they're looking at their life. You may not want to say it out loud to anybody else, or maybe you do vent to your girlfriends or vent to your, your guy friends or vent to your siblings or whatever and say, you know, my house sucks. My life sucks. My kids are a pain in the ass. My job sucks. How many times do you get on that, that bitch and moan and groaning party, but yet you're doing not a damn thing to change it? Whose fault is that? Choosing not to change is a choice. Choosing not to change means you're choosing for things to stay the same. If you're going to choose for things to stay the same, you know what? That's on you. Sorry, not sorry. That's on you. You and the, you give up all rights to bitch, moan, and groan to me anyway. Your friends might still want to listen to you, but I'm not. I'll give you a couple minutes to complain. And then I'm going to say, okay, so what are you going to do to change it? What's your plan? Because if you ain't got a plan, I'm not I'm not listening. I'm done. I'm, I'm unchecked out. You know why? Because I lived that life. And that's what I did. And I know what it cost. And it's not okay. It's just not. So, I know I've been sitting on here rambling. I've been stuck in traffic. I'm finally moving right now. And I want to pay attention to the road. I've got to go to the grocery store. All that kind of fun stuff. I hope that you guys got something really valuable out of what it is that I'm saying. Like, dream big. Dream huge. Dream audacious dreams. And then take a step. See yourself at the end goal. See yourself. If, if your end goal is to, to be a public speaker and speak on big stages... Close your eyes and just see yourself standing on stage. You don't have to know what the hell you talk about right now. You just got to see yourself on stage. You have a story. We all have a story. And you sharing your story will help somebody else get through their story. Because somebody else has experienced what you've experienced. Or maybe they're experiencing something from your past now. And you have a, a roadmap on how to get out. Maybe you just need to shine the light and say, hey, you're going to be okay. Whatever that looks like. But you got that. But you have to see it. You have to believe it. You have to have the faith 
in the process. You have to detach yourself from from being so rigid in, in the how it's going to work out so that you give your higher power the ability to fill in the gap for you. Most of the time, so I'm going to say this because this is funny and I told this to my best friend Tanya. And if, Tanya, if you're listening to this, thank you so much for opening your home for me to stay with you last week. I enjoyed our time and thank you for everything that, that you helped me accomplish while I was in Atlanta. I love you to the moon and back. So, but I, you know, we, we talk about, you know, God help me, help me, help me do this. I, I, I'm turning it over to you and listen to that. How many of you have said a prayer and said, God, I'm turning the situation over to you. And then you no sooner get up off your knees and now you're trying to plan and figure out how you're going to fix it. That's the, that's the equivalent of saying, Jesus, take the wheel. Thank you, Carrie Underwood. That's the equivalent of saying, Jesus, take the wheel, but you won't let go. You're still trying to steer the car. So with your dreams, are you still going to try and steer the car? Or are you going to let God give you the inspiration and the motivation to fill in the gaps and lead you to the place that you said you wanted to go a little bit faster, a little bit easier, and a little bit quicker, and a little bit more in style than what you had originally planned. Because a lot of times we choke out God's plans that he's trying to He's trying to help us. He's trying to help us get from point A to point B. But we we are so stuck in our rigid rigidness, so stuck in our rigid thoughts that we won't, we can't hear him. That angry ocean I talk about, all those thoughts, those 60,000 thoughts in your head, you ain't quiet it long enough to hear the directions he's trying to give you. So if you're saying, Jesus, take the wheel, you're going to have to let go and let him take the wheel. All right? So I love you guys to the moon and back. If you got some value, actually, I know you got some value out of this. If you liked this podcast, wait a minute, I know you like this podcast because you come back every single week do me a favor. We want to get this out to the whole world. We want everybody to know about Life Awakening. We want everybody to know how to find some awesome dreams and goals in order to get where it is that they want to go. So what I want you to do is take a screenshot. Screenshot this podcast. Screenshot this episode. And then I want you to put it up on your IG stories and tag me at Tammy underscore Loftus and tell me what you learned out of this out of this episode today. That's what I want. I want to see you up on my IG stories. I want to see you on my Facebook stories. I want to know what you learned, what you got out of this. What's the nuggets? What was the, what was the win that you took away? What was your aha moment? All right. Do that for me. Share it with your friends and family. Let them know how awesome this podcast is and that they should listen too. That would be great. All right. I love you guys to the moon and back. Thank you for being patient while I was out of town doing my thing in Atlanta, Georgia, sharing purses of hope and helping inspire a whole bunch of people to help others get a leg up in life. If you would like to donate to Purses of Hope, please go to PursesofHopes with a S dot com. You can donate there or you can search for a search for Purses of Hope on GoFundMe and and donate directly there or hit them on the cash app purses of hope love you guys from the moon and back and i will see you next week bye bye now